the moment, the National People's Congress is working its way through the legislative session, so we're going to get the latest from our Beijing director on the meeting. From the U.S.-China Business Council in Washington, D.C., I'm Ian Hutchinson, and this is the China Business Minute. Li Pei Zhang is the director in our Beijing office. Li Pei, welcome back. Hello, Ian. Sorry to jump in late this week, as we are pretty busy following the ongoing two sessions this week on China's side. <laughs> that seems pretty understandable. So I'm imagining that's going to be the main topic today. I'm happy to give you a readout on what we've learned so far from the annual state report. Please do. Yeah, uh, I know a lot of members are following the outcomes to try to find what they need to know. So the NPC sessions start on May 22nd and will conclude on May 28th. In the previous podcast, we've talked about our predictions and expectations regarding China's economic priorities and policy tools to overcome the challenges due to the COVID-19 and how China would like to accelerate its economic recovery while maintaining a level of cautious uh, of pandemic control. As we are monitoring the current session, I think our previous analysis are pretty in line with the state report and that was presented by Premier Li Keqiang on its first day. And also um, the similar messages came out from the various of ministerial leaders uh, of the state council during their press conference uh, throughout the week. So there are several highlights that I, that I would like to um, emphasize here. Uh, first of all, um, you probably also recognize that this is the shortest state report in recent years. It actually only takes one hour or so for Premier Li Keqiang to, re- to read through it. Um, and the state report starts with highlighting the unprecedented challenges that China is facing domestically and internationally. The COVID-19 results in global economic recessions, supply chain disruptions, bilateral and multilateral relations uncertainties, as well as SMEs who are probably at the greatest risk of being facing out from the market because of the global economic recession. And it's also the first time that China doesn't set up a GDP growth target. There has been quite a lot of debate domestically in the past few years whether China should set up a GDP growth um, to be viewed as a sufficient um, reflection point to guide China's economic transitions from quantitative growth to qualitative growth. Um, the pandemic seems to provide a right window opportunity for China to take a more realistic and also practical approach to redefine its economic growth. However, it doesn't really change China's set of politically important development goals, which need to be arranged in 2020 uh, in order to create a moderately prosperous society. Right. So how about some of the more commercial aspects of that report? Um, the, mes- the messages are quite uh a consistence with what China has been always promoting in the past few years. And those policies reinforce China's commitment to further promote a better business environment, market reform, foreign investment liberalization, and international trade. 
However, realistically, given the uncertainty of the trade um, situation, uh, the trade uh, disruptions by COVID-19 and the bilateral trade conflict, it is naturally to shift economic growth with more focus on the expansion of domestic consumptions. China also decided to launch uh, its fiscal stimulus, but with a lot of cautious. It is probably one of the area doesn't really match the general market expectations, but China didn't really announce a massive fiscal policy and stimulus package in comparison with 10 years ago uh, when China is dealing with, uh, was dealing with the financial crisis. China still have a significant debt, debt issue that need to be addressed domestically. Therefore, maintaining a balanced stimulus to stay financially healthy will urge the administration to go frugal and against wasting budget probably is the right approach. And so what does that fiscal outlook look like going forward? China projects to increase deficit to GDP ratio more than 3.6% and ready to inject trillions of RMB in infrastructure investment, including 5G and others to be considered as new infrastructure. The biggest highlight is that China pays a high level attention to SMEs financial stabilities. Um, therefore, we will see more targeted financial policies to support SMEs growth um, and to help their financial situation. As we all know that SMEs contribute China's most employment rate and GDP growth. So in addition to the economic plans, the NPC session will also review a set of legislation plans. In particular, in the last day, uh, during the last day of the two session, the 3,000 NPC representatives will vote on a number of important legislation, including China's very first uh, civil code and the draft Hong Kong decision that are tightly linked to the national security. So USBC has um, been has already sent out a state alone analysis on the state report uh, to all members. Um, so feel free to check it out. We will also do another summary on the conclusion of the two session um, on the 28th. So please stay tuned and um, please always stay close with us. All right, Lipe, thanks as usual for the wrap up. Thank you. And I'll uh, certainly link that article about the NPC that you mentioned in the notes. Again, Li Peizhang is our director in Beijing. The China Business Minute is a production of the U.S. China Business Council, and you can learn more about the work that we do on our website, uschina.org. If you like the show, please leave us a rating and review. It will help other people find it. It really does help. As always, thank you for listening, and we will be back next week.